The title of my message this morning is Free But Without Freedom. Being free, but not having freedom. You all heard the little deal. If you love it, turn it loose. And if it loves you back, it'll come back to you. Well, don't always happen that way. <laughs> As we all know, right? Free, but without freedom. Darla's aunt, my aunt by marriage, when she was in a coma, she was at the end of her life, toward the end of her life, and um, she was in a coma, and they were trying to decide whether they should unplug her, her or not. And uh, so they decided that it'd be a good idea and that she would just let her go on. And so they unplugged her, but she kept living for another six years. <laughs> so, but what she said is she, she's, she's a real hard head. Aunt Helen was, she was a pretty determined woman. And, uh, but she said she could hear them talking about whether they should unplug her or not. And she said, if, in her mind, she said, if you unplug me, I'm going to come back and I'm going to haunt every one of y'all. <laughs> it's interesting to me what goes on on the inside of us that we're not able to proclaim on the outside of us. Everybody here today has something going on on the inside of you. Because we live in a fallen world, we have access to a world that is contrary to the word and the grace of God. But if we're not careful, we will buy into the deception of the enemy that says, we're just not going to make it. Some people get to that place where they just don't think they're good enough. Now, I know that that's not the case with everybody. I would say this, that the health, speaking of freedom, the health of America's democracy is in rapid decline. Amen. That freedom is something that is in a process of being redefined. Many other words have been in the process of being refined to fit into human reasoning and, and self-proclaimed morality. If it feels good, do it. Well, for me, and we all have this world that we live in, and the, the world does a pretty good job of influencing the church. And if we're not careful, because we live so many hours out in that world, we will operate ourselves with the word from the world, and it will become diluted by the world. So biblical morality, that in, in invites the blessings and favor of God. Uh, biblical morality is in sharp decline. 
But I would say this, as for us, as for everybody watching online, we cannot afford to allow our lives to be in moral, biblical decline. We cannot allow that. In our age of increased knowledge and self-gratification, many have at the least become increasingly compromised. I'm going to say a couple things that might offend somebody, but if you're offended by this, you can practice forgiveness. <laughs> in the name of freedom, in, recent, in the recent year, we have been free to loot stores, kill police officers in the name of personal freedom, but from this preacher's perspective, that is not freedom, that is chaos. In Texas, we have some of our legislators walked out of their, from their job of legislating and went to, to uh, Washington claiming that there was voting restrictions by having voting ID, voter ID. You say, oh man, what are you telling me? I'm going to stay there, I'll tell you. <laughs> if there is going to be a chaotic free society, there will have to be boundaries in that society. Freedom is not a lack of boundaries. Freedom is boundaries with a gate. And case in point, now I'm going to get in all kinds of doo-doo, but case in point, we, we got, and, and I'm not, I'm not Listen, I'm not for or against the wall in Mexico, the, the deal here. Now, you stay with me a minute. <laughs> See, I, I want to test, test your, uh, your uh, love. <laughs> I realize that God loves the people that are trying to come to America. Listen, if I was in Mexico, I'd try to come over here too. You would too. You would. But there has to be a gate. Even the people that are against the wall, they have, they have, they have fences all around their property. They got, they've got, they got walls in their house to keep people out. And whenever somebody comes to my house, do you know what they do? They knock on the door and they say, may I come in? You see, the problem with our society today is the same problem that we have with God. It's a lack of honoring authority. Amen. Authority is your friend. When you drive down 105 and you're going 90 miles an hour, chances are real good somebody in authority is going to have something to say about that. <laughs> but I just don't believe in that. Well, it doesn't matter. You're still going to jail. You see, we say, we, well, I don't believe in what God's saying here. God is not up there waiting for your approval. Amen. 
He's not up there going, hmm, I never thought about that. Maybe I'll just change my mind. <laughs> Why? Because he has all authority has been given to him. And from the beginning of time, he has been and he will be after we get through living here on this earth, God is still going to be God, whether we approve of his word or whether we don't approve of his word. It doesn't matter. My, we, we got a dog at the house. I was going to say my dog, but it's not really my dog. It's Dora's dog. But we got a, she, I, I don't know if you've ever seen those, they, you, you put a little thing up in the house, and then you put a collar around their neck, and if they get out of the area, they get shocked. It, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a wireless fence. People might say, well, that's not Freedom. Daisy would say that. <laughs> but you know what happens or would happen if we left that collar off her? First thing, she'd probably go to the neighbor's house because they feed her eggs and junk. <laughs> but if she didn't go to the neighbor's house, she'd wind up out in the pasture and the coyotes would wind up eating her. Yeah. She don't know the dangers out there. And in the word of God... He has said and made a way for us to come into his presence and to have the freedom and the peace that passes all understanding. We won't completely ever completely understand the mercy and the grace of God, but it is there because every person in this building, everybody watching online, we need the grace and the mercy of God. In the Old Testament, the law ruled society, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. You've heard it before. Some churches, sad to say, still operate under the law. Many years ago in New Orleans, an attractive young 17-year-old African girl was, sold, was being sold at a slave auction. She had been taken from her parents and was very bitter about the whole experience, as you might know. When she was turned over to the highest bidder and he came to her, she defiantly said, well, what are you going to do with me? Much to her surprise, the owner said, I'm going to give you your freedom. And saying this, he handed her her papers of emancipation. You see, that's what God has done for us. He has handed you the papers of your emancipation from the things that he calls sin. And you have the freedom to stand fast in the freedom wherein Christ has made you free from the law of death. Freedom really isn't free. Somebody had to pay for your freedom. Through Christ, he reconciled the world to himself. A common theme throughout Paul's epistle in Galatians is liberty. Liberty. Liberty is freedom from captivity or freedom from slavery. 
before Christ, the whole world was in bondage to sin. In Galatians 4, 3, it says, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of this world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Y'all stay with me. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. So to redeem us, in other words, if we've not been redeemed by the blood of the lamb because of the communion that we just had so we can have fellowship with God, we are still under the law. And when we are living under the law, we are subject to the law of death. Both spiritually and physically. But when Jesus came, he said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This is good stuff. I don't know how you sit still. I'm telling you something so good. <laughs> so we are free. How are we free? Through Christ alone. Uh, in... Uh, in verse 17, it says, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I might make myself a transgressor. For though the law died to the law that I might live, but for I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's awful quiet out there. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by faith in God. Now that I'm in faith and I live in this life because I belong to God. I no longer belong to the law, but I belong to the grace that God has brought to me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. In other words, if we don't accept Christ as our personal Savior, Christ died in vain for us. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we are free from the oppression of the law. Paul is asking Peter, if being set free from the restraint of the law causes more sin to occur. Then he states the case that Christ, who freed us from the law, would be a promoter of sin. Then Paul says, certainly not. In other words, have you ever been around somebody that is a Christian, but they sin anyway? I mean, I mean, I'm not talking about accidentally. Yeah. I'm talking like on purpose. We're not naming any names. I'm sure none of y'all have ever done that. <laughs> but see, the grace of God is not there for to give us permission to sin. It's not there to say because because 
he has provided everything that we need in order to overcome the sin. And if we can't overcome the sin in our own life, it's not really God's fault. I'm going to wait a minute here. Because he has provided a way out with every temptation he provides a way. Now, we all struggle with sin. I hope everybody can say amen to that. I think... Uh, but just because we struggle with sin doesn't mean that there isn't a way out of that sin. Now, a lot of people say, man, I just, first of all, sin will bring you into bondage. Sin will take those shackles and put it around your ankles and you will stay in bondage. As long as the sin has you, you don't have the sin. Case in point. Don't raise your hand. Is anybody addicted to something? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. If you're addicted to something, then that substance has you. If you have to have that substance, then that substance has you, and you don't have that substance. Well, I can quit any time I want. Well, why don't, why don't you? Uh, you know, when I was getting this sermon, I knew I wouldn't get a whole lot of amens. But I didn't think it'd be this bad. <laughs> Galatians 3.13, I'm going to go on. Christ has redeemed us. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. In other words, the reason I'm talking about the things that drag us down, the sin that drags us down, is because I want you to walk out of these doors understanding that Jesus became that curse for you so that you don't have to have that curse in you. You don't have to live in bondage to that Sin, because Jesus took that sin for you. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. I don't know. That's good stuff. This freedom doesn't mean that we are given a license to sin. The opposite, much more, it is there to help us to overcome the sin. He states here, that he refuses to call for the Gentiles to observe the Jewish rituals. He said, hey, Peter was thinking that everybody needed to stay with the Jewish rituals. And Paul was saying, hey, that's not the case. And verse 14, it says, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now taking, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish tradition. That's Paul talking to Peter. But what happens today in many church circles, they say the same thing. Have you ever been like, maybe some of you older people, I don't know for sure, but like when I was growing up, it was, it was a sin to just about do anything. It's like, it's like, it's like about anything you did. It's like, mm. and there is always somebody there to point a finger at you. My dad, when he got saved, he gave his heart to the Lord and he, uh, he liked to rope and he, he was, he liked to ride racehorses and, uh, a couple of, old, uh, elderly ladies. In the church, came up to him and 
told him that he would have to sell all of his horses because riding a horse was a sin. So dad, he wanted to go to heaven, so he sold his horses and and uh, was called into the ministry, went into the Air Force, went into the ministry, and he was pastoring a church in Stoneham, Colorado, and there was a guy that, that uh, uh, he, he trapped three horses, uh, wild horses, off of the, uh, the government land, and he asked Dad if he'd help him break them, and so Dad went over to his house and, and got on one of them horses, and this guy had him snubbed up, and the horse got away from him. I don't know if it was on purpose or accident. The guy let the horse go anyway, but Dad rode the horse. The next Sunday morning, a guy named Kenneth Littlefield, he came to the church and brought his whole family, and when Dad gave the altar call, Kenneth got up from the back and walked down the aisle and, and knelt down and gave his life to Jesus. And dad was asking him about that. In uh, Kenneth's testimony, he said this. He said, I just figured that if a preacher could ride a bucking horse and live for God, I could too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, dad went out and got some horses. <laughs> That's, and it spread into me. But what I'm saying is, is be sure that the things that are in your life, it's so important for us to follow the biblical truth of the word of God and the heart of the word of God and not allow people to bring condemnation on us in areas that it doesn't need to be coming on. We, we got enough people putting their finger in our chest these days. We need, we need hugs. <laughs> We got enough bullies out there. We need to get it right. So I just encourage you with your love. And this is this is beautiful. And I, I, I don't know if I'm saying all this the way I wrote it. I'm not saying it the way I wrote it down. But my, my main heart for this message, if I could just kind of just talk to you like we was in the living room, is when they were under the law in the Old Testament, it was... It was impossible to do everything right. It was impossible. Then Jesus comes and he says, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law. And what that means is the things that we can't do and man could never do, Jesus did those things for us. Now he says, stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free. And God, I want you to walk out of here with some freedom in your life. I want you to understand that, that God has created you to be free. And what's going on on the inside of your life is, is as important, if not more important, than what's going on on the outside. So what, what I'm, the point is, is that Jesus is depending on his love for you, for you to put your love into action through acts of obedience to his word. To do it because you want to, not because somebody is making you do it. Kids, God's not up there going to make you do right all the time. He's not going to make you do it. But it's a choice that you have to make on your own. Parents, grandparents, it's the same way for us. We do things because we love God, not because we have to do it. 
I qualified for the college national finals in Bozeman, Montana when I was in college. And uh, uh, I, I was ready. I, I was working out and, and running. I hate to run, but I was in shape. Everything was, everything was right. And I backed my calf rope and horse back in the corner. And just as I backed him in the, in the box to get ready to nod for my calf, the shank on my bit broke. I mean, this is a bad deal. I mean, you got thousands of people watching. I don't, it probably wasn't on TV, but it was a bad deal. And, and I didn't know what to do. Guy came up and he tied that, tied my rein up part of that bit. It was just, anyway, this horse, he, he took the bit and he, we broke the barrier, made a good run on the calf, but it was, broke the barrier, which is 10 seconds, which takes you out of it. And before I'd gone, I was praying. I said, Lord, you know, if you'd let me win this rodeo, I'd be a good witness for you. I felt like God was calling me into the ministry to the Cowboys, and I thought this would catapult me and get, get some recognition so we could have a great ministry. <laughs> and I went back to my horse trailer, and it, they had, it was back when we had those side-by-side -side horse trailers, and they had the, had the tack room up underneath the manger of the horse trailer. And I tried to throw my rope can all the way through the trailer. <laughs> I was mad. Y'all don't look so holy on me out there like you ain't never been mad before. And I was sitting on the wheel well. It's funny how you're, when you're a winner, everybody wants to be around you. Everybody. I mean, you can't beat them off with a stick. But when you don't win, where is your friend? I was standing there all by myself. <laughs> and God spoke to my heart louder than if it would have been out loud. He said, Randy, <laughs> he said, I don't need you to serve me for the things that I can do for you. Yeah. I need you to serve me because you love me. Yeah. And that's what God's saying to y'all today. That's my message to you. Don't find yourself under the law. Just say, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Take a deep breath. And take a deep breath and say, God, I love you. I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you that I have access to you. I thank you that I could come into your presence, that you've given me this opportunity to, to come into your presence and fall in love with Jesus. Generally, if we have a sin problem, it's really a love problem. I know that's very convicting for all of us, or it should be. I don't even know. I don't even know about my notes right now. Uh, so. Really, all of our pain in life and our bondage in life is a result of sin. All of our heartaches is a result of sin. All our sadness is a result. All of our war is a result of sin. Murder, a result of hunger, a result of sin. Hatred, a result of sin. Sickness, death, a result of sin. But we find in Revelation 21.4, it says, And God shall wipe away all 
their tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Anybody going to be happy about that? He's Randy Weaver. For the former things have passed away. What a day that will be. I'm looking forward to that day. I went to uh, several years back. They, um, I went to uh, Huntsville, and uh, there was a family that had come to church some, and and uh, they had a family member that had been murdered. And the guy that murdered this family member was on, he was to be executed that day. And the penal system made a decision that it would be good if the family members could invite their pastor to come be with them. They'd not ever done that before. It's just, just a few, few family members. So they invited me to come to be with them while this guy was being executed. And you talk about mixed emotions. And they executed him. And I walked away from that experience watching that guy die on the table. And the word that I got was, nobody won today. There is no winners here. Nobody wins. Nobody wins when sin happens. And you say, well, preacher, I never murdered nobody. Well, good for you. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. In recent weeks, I have felt like God has just been doing this with me. Anybody ever just feel like God just, he got a hold of you and, he just, and you're just uncomfortable. It's just like, and you're, you're, the Bible says the word clay in the potter's hand. And, and I just feel like God's been trying to do this with me. Anybody, anybody ever feel that? Raise your hand and make me feel a little better. And Dora and I, we went to Colorado, and while we was in Colorado, uh, my cousin called me, called us, and he said that his wife had passed away. And uh, what's tough about that is that his first wife of 50 years passed away in 2019, and he'd just been married to this lady a little over a year, and she just passed away. And he called me. And I told Dara, I said, we need, to, we need to go over there and hug Marvin and buy him dinner and just spend some time with him. So we went over there during our vacation. And while we were there, Darla gets on this ancestry. You all know what I'm talking about. You, know, you see all your ancestors. And, and I never was that interested in it. 
But Dara says, I want to go see the, uh, the graveside of your grandma and your grandpa, your granddad and your granny. And, and so we went to the, to, the, to the cemetery there in Cortez, Colorado. We went and saw my, grand, my dad's mom and dad's grave and, and uh, my grandpa, the, he, he was in World War II and, and his wife, uh, Grandma Crick, saw their graves. And uh, Marvin's first wife, his his her grave, and and it was like we went through that, and, and I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to God's getting a hold of me about something I'm not sure about what it is. He's trying to hammer a word into me through my frustration. You ever get frustrated with something? Chances are real good God's trying to tell you something. And the more frustrated you get, the better you're going to get at listening. So on the way back, daughter's like, my mom's mom died when she was 16. And she said that her grave is in Dalhart, Texas. I want to stop and look at that, she said, daughter said. I'm like... And I didn't say anything, but I was, like, I was like. So we stopped there, and, uh, and Dalhart's a real dry, dry place. But the cemetery was beautiful. It was, they'd taken very good care of it, and we went and saw mom's mom's uh, grave. And we were standing there, and I started bawling like a little two-year-old. And God showed me that on the inside of me, I'd never taken time to grieve over my parents. I never took time to grieve over my, my, my brother's boy. That anytime I go to a cemetery, I'm always in charge. I'm always taking, do we have anybody, family, everybody, every family has a caregiver. You with me? Somebody that takes responsibility over this and they're going to handle things. I'll handle this. Y'all with me? Some of y'all just, you just, you just take care of things. I'm talking to you right now. Because I would do funerals all the time for everybody. And we go, and, and I would grieve with people, but I never grieved I mean, like, really grieved. And I realized that I had not ever really stopped to really take in what was really happening in my life because I just wanted to cover it up and move on. I didn't want to, I didn't want it. I didn't want that. I just wanted to move on because it was uncomfortable. And then I'd just be quiet about it and I didn't want to talk about it either. And then I justified not talking about it because it made me uncomfortable. And God just got a hold of me. He said, Randy, you got to take a deep breath and understand that I am in the middle of everything that happens in your life and that I have complete control 
over you and the things and the people in your life. And you need to take a deep breath and realize that you are really not all you think you are. Everybody say, God's got this. Some of y'all need to get a hold of this today. God's got this. But he doesn't have it unless you give it to him. You can keep it just like I kept it. You can keep it as long as you want to keep it. But it's miserable and you won't be content or happy. And the sad part of it is, is that the people in your, the family around you, they're not going to be happy either because you're not happy. Oh, here comes dad. You kick the dog. Mom's, you, oh, here's mom. Oh, oh, stop, 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 stop. Listen, we need to have peace and joy in our homes. Our homes need to be a place of refuge. Our homes need to be a place of love. Moms and dads, kids, respect your mom and daddy. Mom and daddy, respect your kids. Let's make our homes a place that God rules and loves. And we serve God because we want to, not because we have to. That's freedom. And we get so caught up in all the building, the walls, and running out of there, doing this. Take a deep breath and understand that God is in control if we let him be in control. Now, don't be saying God's in control if you don't let him be in control. Because he's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to make you do anything. Mm -mm. That's not the way he works. Now, your mama might make you do something. (laughs) But God's not going to make, because he's going to honor your decision to say no or to say yes. I like that about God. I don't understand it. And if I was God, I probably wouldn't be that way. Being truthful. But I appreciate the fact that God lets us make our own decisions. I'm through preaching. Let's pray. Lord, we'll never, ever, ever be uh, I'll never get used to having your presence in my life because it just seems like such a gift that you're here today that you've spoken to each and every one of us here today that you have spread your love to us. Lord, I pray that you would take the heart of stone and replace it with a heart of clay. I pray, oh God, that you would take the bitterness and the strife away from anybody and everybody in this building today. And replace it with the peace that passes understanding. I pray, oh God, that you take the sorrow and replace it with joy. I pray, oh God, that you take that turmoil spirit, oh God, the spirit of war and bickering and fighting, and replace it with peace, oh God. 
I pray, oh God, for your people today. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time to be honest with ourselves and to see ourselves as you see us, not as a place of condemnation, but a place of peace, a place of restoration where you can restore and you can justify because of your sacrifice that you put on the cross. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This this morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the first step in knowing God and having peace with God is accepting God as your personal Savior. Yes, the Bible does say that we have all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. But he also said this, that if we would be willing to to confess our sin, that he would be faithful to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This morning, if you've never accepted him as your Savior, maybe if you haven't, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Thank you, partner. I appreciate it. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Slip your hand up high. I don't want to miss anybody. We're going to put a Bible in your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Slip your hand up high. It's the greatest gift you'll ever have. Yep, thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. Bless you. It's a free gift. And this is what's so amazing about God is that you can't you can't work to get salvation because Jesus already did the work on the cross. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. If you raise your hand, I want you to look up at me. If you, would you mind coming up? Come on up and let me pray with you. Come on up, buddy. Back in the back. Come on up and let me pray with you. Raise your hand. Come on up and let me pray with you. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come, come up, buddy. Come on. proud of you, man. Stay right here and let me pray with you, okay? Look at you. What's your name? Chris. Chris. I'm proud of you, man. Anybody else before we move on? You want to come on? Okay. Okay, here's what the Bible says. It says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised you from the dead. In other words, that Jesus is alive. Have you ever wondered what the true religion is? Y'all ever wondered about that? Like, what is it? Is it Baptist or Catholic or Mormon or Buddha? All them guys. Did you ever wonder about that? The true religion is the guy that overcame death. You think about it. That's the big deal. So, that's Jesus. So, I want to pray with you. Y'all help us pray. Just repeat after me and, let, and invite Christ to come into your heart. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus thank, you for loving me. thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross, on the cross. for my sins. For Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I am Please, forgive Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, this day forward. I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray.
I'm so proud of you guys. Listen, don't look back. Keep showing up. You know, really, y'all got, got to keep showing up so we can help you. It's not a one-time deal. It's not, it's not just like you just come down and get that done. Check that off. No, this is a life, lifelong commitment. So, so we're going to help you all we can. And we got great youth group on Wednesday nights, too. So y'all come to that if you can. Go visit these guys for just a second for a minute. Thank you. Love you, buddy. Stand with me, please. Scripture says that it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anybody should boast. That our, our salvation is a gift of God. But then it says this. It says that faith without works is dead. First of all, we must believe God. Amen? We've got to believe him. But then after that, we do go to work and we do things for God. And, and uh, I just want to ask you the question. On the inside of you. I'm not talking about the outside, but I'm talking about the things. See, uh, we, we got the hope and healing for warriors. A lot of, a lot of the guys and ladies have been uh, through a lot of stuff in war and seen a lot of things that, that just keep, stay harbored up inside of them. Let me just challenge you to, to, to the best of your ability to, to give that over to God and let God begin. How many need some healing on the inside? Raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Let's everybody else raise our hands too and surrender to God. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you would just help us, Lord, to be healed in your name, oh God. I pray that you'd help us to seek out Bible studies and seek out help from people that, that can, can help us to, to find that complete healing that you have for us. I pray, oh God, that you'd help us to be honest with ourselves and honest with people that we trust, oh God, that we would be willing to, to open up and talk about it and let that healing uh, come into our lives. I thank you, Lord, for everybody here. And I thank you, Lord, that you are doing the work in our hearts, no matter what we've gone through, that your word is living and powerful. And we thank you for that. We expect great things from you in us, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you all. We love you. You have a great, great week. We've got a prayer team. If you need special prayer, love to have you.